0: Welcome, New Hope Church, to Easter 2020. I am so thankful that you are joining us in this online experience, and I pray that you will be blessed today. I know just like you, I never in my wildest dreams would have imagined that we would be here together in this pandemic season with all of our campuses online instead of on site, but here we are and I wanna wish you a very happy Easter. I love you, I miss the church in person tremendously, but I have faith and I believe the day will come when we will be back together, we will get through this together and God will be glorified and honored. I wanna welcome all of our campus locations. I'm talking about those of you in Kenya, Hillsborough, Wake Forest, Sanford, Durham, Garner, the online community, of course, which is all of us right now, and the television community. We are thrilled to be in your home and excited about this season that we are in, trying to do the very best we can to redeem a situation, still have church, and still exalt the name of Jesus. Hey, I don't know if you are familiar with the book or not, but I'm talking about Kipling's The Jungle Book. Maybe you have heard it. Here's a picture of it that will probably strike your memory. In the book, Mowgli, the man cub, asked the animals, what's the most feared thing in the jungle? He's told that when two animals meet on a narrow path, that one must step aside and let the other pass. The animal that steps aside for no one would be the one that is most feared. Mowgli wants to know what kind of animal that would be. One person says, well, that would surely be an elephant. Another person says that would be a lion. But it must be the lion, one says. Finally, the wise old owl exclaims, no, 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 no. The most feared thing in the jungle is death. Death steps aside for no one. Listen in, friends. It doesn't matter how physically strong you are, how financially rich you are, how fantastically popular you might be. Death steps aside for no one. In fact, Ecclesiastes 7 tells us that death is the destiny Of every man. Hebrews 9 27 says it like this, and wherever you are, why don't you read this scripture with me? And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, face judgment. The fixed order for all men is to die once only and then to be judged after death. You see, friends, that is why Easter is the most important event ever in the history of humanity, and that is why I have decided to deliver this message in a cemetery. I have brought you out here to my first uh, pastorate position after seminary at Duke University. This is Salem Church. This is the Salem Church Cemetery. And here are our two burial plots. I'm gonna lay right here when it's all said and done. In fact, I hope you will come to my funeral. Uh, You're invited. Go ahead and RSVP now if you would like. I I hope it's after COVID-19 so you can actually be here in person. But I've brought you to this cemetery to remind us that the greatest news ever took place not at this burial plot, but at Jesus's burial plot where death stepped aside once and for all, like a coward steps aside for the brave, death cowered in the presence of Jesus. And Jesus and Easter allows you, and it allows me, and it allows everyone who would tap into the power of Easter to dance right here on the grave of death. This is why Paul would say in Romans 6, 9, for we know, that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. Oh, don't miss this. Christianity is all about the resurrection. Easter is what Christianity is all about. Some of you might be watching this from anywhere, and you might think that Christianity is just about the moral teachings of Jesus. No, no, no. Christianity is all about the resurrection. Again, no resurrection, no Christianity. If you think about all of the other world religious leaders, they are still Dead. Easter is what separates Christianity from all other religions. Easter is what separates Jesus from all other moral leaders. I mean, think about it. Death certainly did not step aside for Muhammad or Buddha or Confucius. While their religious teachings might have made an impact on the world, they died and they've never been seen again. Easter means that Jesus is alive, that he is still alive and well on planet earth. And like the disciples, we never know where Jesus might turn up or how he will move or how he will change our lives. I don't know if you've read much Of Frederick Buechner. He's one of my favorite authors. He's written a ton of good stuff, and I highly recommend him. He put it like this. We can never nail him down, not even if the nails we use are real, and the thing we nail him to is a cross. Easter puts Jesus in an entirely new light, So let me just walk you through four examples of why the resurrection of Jesus is the central piece of Christianity. Four examples, gonna move quickly through these, jot these down if you are a note taker. Number one, if the resurrection did not happen, the New Testament is nothing more than a lie. Listen, I said it earlier, but I'll repeat it. No resurrection, no Christianity. Think about how different the world would be if Jesus had not resurrected from the dead. Without the reality of the resurrection, the Bible is no more than a collection of good sayings and we are dead in our sins. Number two, if there's no resurrection, then there's no life after death. In other words, if Jesus stayed in the grave, then so will we. Like, seriously, if Jesus stayed in the tomb, when I die and I'm placed here, and again, you're invited. I hope you'll come. Maybe you'll come back to my house and eat some potato salad. But if Jesus didn't resurrect from the dead, when I am buried here, that will be the end of the story. It'll be nothing but a body placed in the ground And I will remain in the dirt forever. But oh no, that is not what Easter reminds us of. Number three, write this down. If there is no resurrection, then there is no meaning in life. The apostle Paul said the world would be pretty much meaningless without this hope in eternity. 1 Corinthians 15, 19, wherever you are, read this with me, if you will. If only for this life, we have hope in Christ. We are of all people most to be pitied. Think about it. With all the senselessness that we see around us every day, COVID-19, wars, poverty, murder, Hatred, natural disasters, life just becomes one thing after another, one meaningless thing after another. But if Jesus rose from the dead, come on now, that changes absolutely everything. Number four, jot it down. If there is no resurrection, then there is no forgiveness of sins. Again, if there is no resurrection, we are dead in our sins. 1 Corinthians 15, 17 says this, if Christ has not been raised, the Bible says, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. If Christ has not been raised from the dead, listen, our faith is absolutely Useless, which is why I keep saying no resurrection, no Christianity. This is the crux of Christianity. Please hear me out. Without the resurrection of Jesus, we are condemned to die for our sins. And one of the things that has always been most convincing to me anyway in the resurrection of Jesus Christ was what happened in the lives of the disciples. Those who lived closest to him, those who ministered with him, those who ate with him and and, and slept and hung out and all of these things that we see in the Bible. As soon as Jesus Christ was dead, they went back to life as usual. You might recall it was Peter Before long, he was right back out by the shores on the Sea of Galilee in the boats fishing. They returned to life as usual. But very soon thereafter, Easter Sunday rolled around, Jesus rose from the dead and he started appearing to the disciples and many people. And when they saw him, everything actually changed so that by the time we get to Acts chapter three, in fact, go ahead and open up your Bibles to that, Acts chapter three. By the time we get there, we find Peter preaching these words. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant, Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate though he had decided to let him go. Verse 14, you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. Verse 15, Acts chapter three, you killed the author of life, but God, wherever you are, say, but God, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus's name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. And then the very guys who had Jesus crucified started to hear and started to see that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And listen, church, it changed everything. It caused these disciples who had cowered away at times, who had returned to life as usual, it caused them to lay down their lives, listen, and die for their faith. Maybe you've never heard this before. Peter was crucified upside down for his faith. He said he did not wanna be killed the same way Jesus was killed, so they turned him upside down on a cross and they killed Peter. Paul was decapitated. Andrew was tied to a cross and scourged to death. And Matthew was stabbed to death. Now, here's a question. Why would they give up their lives for a lie? No, they had encountered the resurrected Christ, and it changed everything. Listen to Acts chapter 10, verses 39 and 41. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem, and they killed him by hanging him on a cross. Here it is again. But God, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. Circle that, underline that, highlight that, and caused him to be what? seen, he was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him as he rose from the dead. No resurrection, no Christianity. I found this to be an interesting side note. In the Guinness Book of World Records, there's a man by the name of Sir Lionel Laku. And he is listed as the most successful lawyer of all time. He had 245 successful murder defenses in a row, which is absolutely off the charts. When you read his story, it is said that even though Lionel Lachou had fame, success, and wealth, like maybe some of you, he felt empty inside. The older he got, the more meaningless life seemed to him. And at age 63, again, the most successful lawyer of all time, at age 63, decided to turn his analytical lawyer skills toward investigating the claim that Jesus rose from the dead. And he found that the message of Jesus's resurrection Satisfied the personal needs and his intellectual questions after many, many months of investigation, he wrote this. I have spent more than 42 years as a defense trial lawyer in many parts of the world. And I can say unequivocally, the evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is so overwhelming that it compels acceptance by proof which leaves absolutely no room for doubt. I stopped by to tell you, Easter 2020 church, that the resurrection of Jesus Christ was the greatest comeback of all time. In 2001, Sports Illustrated magazine covered the World Series in which the Arizona Diamondbacks recovered from a slump to defeat the New York Yankees in the last inning of the final game. The editors said it caused them to think about the greatest comebacks in human history. And so this magazine put forth what they called was the 10 greatest comebacks of all time. Elvis Presley, they said, was one of them revived his sagging career as a result of his TV special in 1968. They also mentioned Muhammad Ali. Do you remember him? Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. They said he made the list when he returned from his forced seven-year exile from boxing to reclaim the world championship. Harry Truman made the cut as well. With his 1948 victory victory, over Thomas Dewey when all the polls had him losing by a large margin. Michael Jordan, O-M-J, he made the cut when he gave up baseball and he returned to his first love of basketball. Even humanity was on the list after recovering from the black plague of the 14th century when 25 million Europeans died. Side note, church, time out just again. Listen, we will be one of the greatest comebacks in the history of humanity when we make it through COVID-19 and stand on the other side to celebrate the goodness of our God. Number two among all-time comebacks was actually a tie between Japan and Germany devastated in the Second World War but becoming world economic powers within that same generation. But I stopped by to declare today in the cemetery of death, also mentioned by the editors of Sports Illustrated, as the number one comeback of all time in human history was the comeback of Jesus Christ, crucified, dead, buried, but on the third day, he rose again and offers us life. Life, not only here and now, but life in eternity with God forever. And so I just can't help but wonder today if you're out there and maybe you're feeling a little empty inside, kind of like Lionel Lucku, remember the lawyer in the Guinness Book of World Records who put his expertise toward examining the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and came to the conclusion that this was the most incredible miracle in all of human history. And I wonder if maybe you're feeling a little empty inside. And I'm wondering if maybe this Easter, you're feeling a little dead in your sin, maybe a little discouraged. I was up this morning studying the word and I just came to this conclusion that there's nothing more discouraging, defeating than unresolved sin in our lives. And I just wondered today if maybe, maybe what you need to do on this Easter Sunday is give your life to Christ. Maybe for the first time, Or maybe you just need to rededicate your life. You have faith, but you just need to rededicate your life and your hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I wanna give you a chance to do that today. I wanna give you a chance to do that right now as we pray. Let's pray together. Father, I wanna thank you for Easter. God, even as I stand here on my burial plot and know that one day I will be placed in this ground. Father, I thank you that my hope is in Jesus Christ. I thank you that my future, my security, my eternity is found in Christ and Christ alone, the greatest comeback ever in the history of humanity. And Father, we thank you that you raised your son, Jesus Christ, from the dead. And if you're out there today, wherever you are, and you desire to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you desire to give your life to him, to know that your final resting place will not be a burial plot, but will be heaven forever with your sins forgiven and your life redeemed. I wanna invite you right now to just humble yourself and give your life to Christ. Maybe for the first time, Or maybe you know that you just need to rededicate your life to Christ. What better place to do it than me coming to you from a graveyard? Come on, let's pray together. If you desire that, just pray a simple prayer like this. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died on a cross for my sin. I thank you that you raised to new life on Easter Sunday. And because I need new life, because I desire eternity with you forever, I give you my life today. Come into my heart, come into my mind, come into my life to stay. I am a child of God. And maybe you're out there and you just need to rededicate your life to Christ. I would encourage you wherever you are to just pray a simple prayer. Maybe you feel empty inside like Lionel Laku in the Guinness Book of World Records, who investigated and ultimately gave his life to Christ. Maybe you're just feeling a little hollow and empty inside. And you might pray a prayer like this on Easter Sunday. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm feeling a little down. I feel a little empty inside. I know that you've saved me before, but Lord Jesus, I wanna give you my life today. A fresh and a new. I want to rededicate my life to you. Would you come in? Would you pardon? Would you forgive? Would you renew? Would you restore my life? Would you bring back, oh God, the joy of my salvation? God, we pray all of this in the mighty and the matchless name of the resurrected Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Hey, wherever you are, celebrate with me. We have folks in all kinds of locations. We've transitioned from being a church in many locations to a church in thousands of locations. And I can promise you folks just gave their lives to Christ. They rededicated their lives and we get to celebrate that today. Hey, I wanna invite you to now participate and engage in our offering. Uh, Maybe you've never given to New Hope Church. We wanna invite you to sow into this ministry. Maybe you are a regular giver, and I just wanna thank you for being generous and helping us offer hope to the world. If you wanna give, you can simply go online to newhopechurch.org forward slash give, or even better, you can take out your phone and simply text NHMovement to 77977. You can then put your phone aside because we're about to sing a great song. You can come back to it or you can continue to figure out your tie. Click Reoccurring Giving and be a part of this movement that is literally offering hope to the world. As you continue to do that, we're gonna sing a song called Never Lost. And as we do, you don't wanna click off, don't leave. As you do, we're actually gonna have a virtual choir come in and be a part of this experience. So now let us celebrate the goodness of our God. Let us celebrate that we will not end up dead one day in a cemetery or whatever the case may be that our hope is in the gospel of Jesus Christ and in him we are never lost, but we have reasons to celebrate, Hey, I love you. I say that all the time to you. I hope you know it comes from a sincere, heartfelt love and admiration for you as the people of God. Let us worship our God. Let us celebrate him. Let us join these worship pastors and this virtual choir. Let us celebrate and worship a God who has never lost a battle. He has defeated death, hell, and the grave, and he is worthy of our worship.